All right, <clears throat> if you've got your Bibles, uh, turn with me to Deuteronomy uh, 8. Whoa, Deuteronomy. We're going there, guys. <laughs> We're going to Deuteronomy. Um, I want to talk to you guys this morning. It's Pentecost Sunday, um, and I want to talk to you about hunger and how, how we remain hungry uh, in the midst of being full. Uh, with the Lord. So we're full of God, but we're hungry for more. And, you know, in, in the natural, I was talking to my wife yesterday, in the natural, uh, if you are, you're not hungry, that means that generally, generally speaking, that means that there's something wrong. There, there's, there's a sickness or there's something that's not f- firing right because you've lost your appetite. Uh, if, you, if, if you have kids and you've noticed kid, like kids for a day or two days, really, uh, their appetite's really low, um, parents start to get concerned that something's not right because there's not a desire for more or a desire for food and a desire to eat. And in the Christian life, we've got to, we've got to hold this tension where it's like, all right, I'm full of God, but I'm also hungry for more. And I'm content with what I have right now, but I also know that there's more that is available and that I can hunger and thirst um, for more in that sense. And so I, I want to propose that a lack of hunger is actually a sign of, um, uh, you know, spirit, it, it's, it's spiritually unhealthy uh, if you're in, in an environment where you're uh, just not, you know, not hungering for more of God because... I believe it's, it's a place where we've leveled off to go, oh, well, I'm satisfied with this and I don't have to hunger and thirst for more. And, uh, and I just want to pour salt on people's uh, tongues this morning to say, hey, let's hunger and thirst for the more of God that he has for us. And, um, and so, you know, I know in my own personal life, um, whenever I've gone into the scriptures or I start talking, it's why I, uh, you've probably heard it mentioned here before of, um, you know, Revelation 19 says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And that's why we have such an emphasis on the testimony um, of what God's currently doing. By the way, I'd encourage you to listen to um, Andrew Scarborough's testimony of leading, the, uh, leading a man on the telecommunications, uh, f- fixing his Wi-Fi. Uh, he led him to the Lord yesterday. It was just beautiful. And... Um, over the phone, it was awesome. It was so so magical. But I just uh, I'd encourage you to to start to say, hey, what's Jesus doing now? Because what that does is it stirs something in me that if I'm not if I'm not in a place of hunger and I hear about the testimony of Jesus, it starts to stir something in me. That I'm like, hey, I'm not I'm not operating in that, but I, I align my heart with that so that I start to hunger and thirst for the things of God. And I just know when I've uh, started to get into my word and I start to study things out and I start to, uh, you know, go into my private place with the Lord, the more I do that, the more of God I want. And uh, I know in the natural, the more we eat, we're, we're full. We're like, whoa, you know, good meal, had a good roast uh, Friday night. And, uh, I, you know, afterwards I was full. I was like, oh, I'm satisfied. But in the kingdom, the more we eat, 
the more we want. And I don't know if that's like that with, with you guys, but I know it is for me. When, when I start delving into scripture, I start chatting with friends about the things of God. I start praying. We start t- sharing testimonies. We're, we're spurring each other on. We're sharp, ironing, sharpening iron. And, um, you know, that thing, it just gets me hungry for the more of God. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I want to stir that in you guys this morning. Uh, so go to Deuteronomy 8 if you're there. You guys there? You're alive? Good. They're alive. They're alive. We'll start in verse 2. And uh, you'll recognize this verse. Jesus quotes it in Matthew 4 uh, when he's in the wilderness with the devil. And it says, And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. That Uh, Deuteronomy 8 verse 2 that he might humble you testing you to know what was in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not and he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that the man does not live that man does not live by bread alone man uh, by bread alone but man lives by every word that comes out of the mouth of the lord so i want you to think with me for a second here um here he says that you be humbled and let your hunger feed you with manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know that you might know (laughs) can seem like a bit of a confusing statement from the lord here but manna means what is it That's what manna means. What is it? And here God's saying, um, I humbled you so that you would eat what is it, right? You would eat what is it? What is it? I don't know. What is it? (laughs) Right? What is it? And he says that you didn't know what is it, nor did your fathers know what is it, that you would eat it so that you would know that man doesn't just live off bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And Jesus quotes that in Matthew 4. You can turn there if you want to and and see that for yourself. But where the devil says, turn this stone into bread. And he says, man doesn't live off bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What's the point? The point is, sometimes we're in a season where where we're like, what is it? What is it that you're doing, God? What is it that you're saying? Right. And and God wants us to get to a place where we hunger and thirst for him, that we don't just live off yesterday's manna. We don't just live off stale food and we don't just live off, you know, last week's food or last week's portions. But we actually rely in in a place of humility, in a place of need. Every single day we come before the Lord and we say, I need you today. I need your voice today. I need your presence today. I need your, your generosity today. I need your grace today. I need your mercy today. Because if we, if we don't have, be in a place of, of humility and a place of need, what tends to happen is we go, hey, I know it. I know it all rather than what is it. I know it all. And I'm living off the word that he spoke 20 years ago and that's when movements become monuments. That's when we're like, oh, we should be like in the days of this. And I wish we were back in the days of, of this generation of, of you know, the, the great revivals of, 
of history or we would be in the great revival of, of Acts and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the reality is we're in our day and there's no one better to be in our day than you and I because we're created for this season and for this day. The world doesn't need another Smith Wigglesworth or another Evan Roberts or another Catherine Kuhlman. It needs you to get hungry before the Lord so that we wouldn't remain, oh, well, back when, uh, you know, Toronto, the outpouring, or back when Vineyard had a, a, a great move of God, or back when I was at Bethel, or that kind of thing. It's like, no, we're, what's the Lord saying to us today? And that we remain in this place of humility and need before the Lord, that we're not living off, off a, a yesterday's food that will just go stale, that we're actually living off the, the voice of God and what he's saying today. Now, there's nothing wrong with honouring. I love the vineyard. I love Bethel. I love uh, the great moves of God that have happened and we honour them. We celebrate them. They're just incredible. We're going to read a couple of stories um, of different heroes in the faith this morning and I'm just hoping I can just stir you up for more. But um, the reality is that we... we, we I want to remain in a place of where every single day we rely on the voice of God to, to, to say, hey, I need you today. And that requires humility. That requires a place of submission unto the Lord. That requires a place of go, hey, that word you gave me yesterday was incredible, but I don't want to live off stale food. I want to live off the fresh word of God that you speak today. And so... Matthew 5, if you've got your Bibles turned there, Matthew 5, this is a verse we'll know really well. And it says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I believe that the poor in spirit is that place of, of healthy neediness before the Lord, of a healthy place of, of God. I'm, I'm satisfied, I'm full, I'm content with this but I know there's more and I need your presence. I need to hunger for the more of you. Not, not out of so I can look good or have a great ministry, but so that I'm, I'm living off the current word of God because he's speaking today. He's still speaking. He's the voice of God. He's the word of God. There's fresh manna. There's fresh water. There's fresh food for us today that we can live in. And I want to I just encourage us as Glory City Melbourne, uh, and if you're watching, that we don't just settle and go, oh, well, I had a good time five years ago, and that's, uh, that's it, that we go, hey, I'm, that was incredible what happened there, but I want to press on for the more of God because I know there's more. I know there's more that is available. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Then verse, five, uh, verse 6 of that same verse, Matthew 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. It's a promise. And people say, oh, well, Liam, I'm, I'm fully righteous, so I don't have to pursue that, or I don't have to pursue God in that way because, uh, you know, I'm already got the fullness of God dwelling in me. And I'm like, amen. I'm fully married to my wife but I still pursue her and she still pursues me. I'm not trying to become more righteous. I'm not trying to become more holy. I'm not trying to do, do all those things, but I'm in pursuit and he's in pursuit of me as well that, because that's what a good relationship does. There's this, hey, I call you, you call me. You know, 
you pursue me, I pursue you. That's, that, that's a healthy relationship and a healthy dependency on each other in a co-laboring, a co-missioning relationship. Um, where, where you know, my wife pursues me in different ways and I pursue her in different ways. And that's, that's a healthy sign of marriage. And that's a healthy sign of a relationship. That it's not just, oh, well, I'm married and I've got a contract to prove it and here it is. And then I just never have a relationship with her and I just you know, sit on the couch and we just, we're on our phones and we're never fully present in the room. And we're never fully pursuing each other for, hey, our relationship can go deeper. Our relationship can go further. Oh, it's good. All right, I'm going to read a. Um, hmm. I'm going to read a couple of uh, um, snippets out of this book here called "The God's Generals," um, which, if you haven't read it, I'd, I'd just read that. Let it stir you. It's a profound book. Um, and hopefully this just stirs you for the more of God, of these moments, these encounters that these guys had um, to demonstrate the more of the Lord, to demonstrate that something happened when they, they contended, they prayed. And this is just my personal conviction. Um, when you fight for something or when you hunger for something and then you get it, you protect it in a healthy way. And you give it to the Lord. I, I think of Isaac. You know, Abraham was declared to be a father of many nations and finally he has a kid and he protects it and the Lord says, hey, I want you to sacrifice Isaac. And he says, all right, whatever you want, Lord. What's the point? The point is, he, if he, Abraham wasn't current with God, he would have killed Isaac. But then God speaks to him and says, hey, I've provided a ram in the thicket. And so often we're living off the yet. We're like, oh, well, I've just got to sacrifice this again. I've got to sacrifice that again. And we're not staying current with the voice of God, which is God says, hey, don't do that. Right? And so, but when we hunger, I know this personally from my own life, when we've hungered for something and we see the breakthrough or we see this uh, a measure of, of, of whatever it is that we're hungering for and we see that happen. And I'm going to share a couple of stories from my own personal life in a moment. Oh, and, but then we start to, we start, it forces us to renew our mind on how we see God because we've, the standard has changed to where we once maybe believed this, but now we've seen this breakthrough in God and we're like, okay, that's the new normal now. That's the new standard and I'm not going back to this because I know this is possible. I'm going to uh, unpack that in a minute of what that means. But, oh no, I've lost my page. Well, this, this woman is, uh, if I can find it again. Actually, I'll read these first and then I'll go back to that. This is Smith's Wigglesworth. It says this, this is a, a, an excerpt from one of his books. It says, On Sunday morning, October 26th, after waiting much on God, I went to the Salvation Army meeting uh, in Roker Avenue. God blessed the army. They at once gave me a welcome and already releasing his presence, already realising his presence in my body, I longed for communion. And when after praying for the glory of God covered me, I was conscious at the same time of, of much 
uh, of much of the experience I believe Daniel had in his 10th chapter. After this, I regained strength to kneel and continued in his holy glow of God all the day, still realising a mightier work to follow. I went to all saints to the communion service and after this was led on to wait in the spirit, many things taking place in the waiting, meetings that continued to bring me to, hungry, uh, to a hungry feeling for the holy righteousness. At about 11 a.m. Tuesday morning at the All Saints Vicarage, I asked a sister to help me to the witness of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. She laid hands on me in the presence of a brother. The first fell and burned in me till the Holy Spirit clearly revealed absolute purity before God. At this point, <clears throat> excuse me, at this point, she was called out of the room and during her absence, a marvelous revelation took place. My body became full of light and holy presence and the revelation I saw an empty cross and at the same time, the Jesus I loved and adored crowned in the glory in reigning position. The, the glorious remembrance of these moments is beyond my expression to give when I could not find words to express Then an irresistible power filled me and moved my being till I found to my glorious astonishment I was speaking in other tongues clearly. After this, a burning love for everybody filled my soul. I am overjoyed in giving my testimony, praying for those that fight this truth, but I am clearly given to an understand that I must come out of every unbelieving element. I am already witness of signs following. Praise him, Smith Wigglesworth. Smith was a mighty man of God, um, he did incredible things. He did um, amazing things for the Lord. And he's honoured now. People honour him as a man of faith. Um, but, you know, like Mary was pregnant with a God child. Uh, by the way, that, this is a side note. You know, people often talk about the virgin birth. But I don't know if you know, that looks like sin to the rest of the world. It looked like sin to the rest of humanity. But it says she was highly favoured of God. And, uh, you know, to carry the Ill illegitimate child for the rest of your life, to be known as the one that, you know, was, was born, uh, was pregnant out of wedlock in that day. And, and she, you know, but that, that's what looked like highly favoured, walking around pregnant. You know, Jacob wrestled. He wrestled God. He wrestled, a, uh, whether it was an angel, uh, an angel or whether it was God himself, he wrestled God and he walked away with a limp. And um, I, I just want to propose sometimes there's a price that we pay. I'm not advocating that uh, we wrestle God and we become sick, but I'm, I'm saying that we, sometimes when we hunger and thirst for the things of God and he pours out his spirit in such a way that makes us uncomfortable, that electricity fills our body, that, uh, you know, that these signs accompany those that believe, that it, it puts us in a place of uncomfortability. But we've had such an encounter with God that all those things, it's like, who cares about that because God is for me? So who cares who's against me, you know? Anyway, that's a side note. This is one of my favourite people uh, in the whole uh, history of revival. Her name is Maria Woodworth Etta. She says this, I, I want the reader to understand that at this time I had a good experience, a pure heart, 
and was full of the love of God, but was not qualified for God's work. She was the late 1800s, early 1900s, and a woman in, woman in ministry in that time was, was really challenging uh, enough. And she just was a firecracker. She said, I knew that I was but a worm. God would have, have to take a worm to, thr to thresh a mountain. Then I asked God to give me the power. He gave the Galilean fishermen to baptize me for service. I came like a child asking for bread. I looked for it. God did not disappoint me. The power of the Holy Ghost came down as a cloud. It was brighter than the sun. I was covered and wrapped up in it. My body was light as the air. It seemed that heaven came down. I was baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire and power, which has never left me. Oh, praise the Lord. There was liquid fire and the angels were all around me in the fire and glory. It is through the Lord Jesus Christ and by his power that I have stood before hundreds of thousands of men and women, women proclaiming the unsearchable riches of Christ. Wow. That's Maria Woodworth Etta. She's in this book. I'll see if I can quickly find uh, this, this other uh, one that I, I wanted to read out. It's by a man named Evan Roberts. And then I'm going to sh it says this. During this period, Evan wrote to a friend and he said, I have prayed that the Lord will baptize you and me with the Holy Spirit. Soon afterwards, he got so caught up in the Lord that his bed shook. Then after that, he awakened every night at 1 a.m. to be taken up into the divine fellowship. He would pray for four hours, fall back to sleep at 5 a.m. for another four hours, then pray from 9 a.m. till 12 noon. In December of 1903, Evan knew in his heart that God had planned a great revival for the Welsh community. While preaching at Moriah, he said, I have reached out my hand and touched the flame. I am burning. I am burning and waiting for a sign. Let me make a point here. Uh, and the, the guy goes on. What's my point? My point is that these guys, these men and women of faith, they hungered to see something that they just kept hungering. They kept hungering. They kept going after it. They kept praying. They kept uh, contending. Not that they were trying to manipulate God in some way, but I, I do believe there's something in the hunger and the thirst for righteousness that God goes, there's a company of people that I've found that I can entrust myself with, that I can entrust my presence with. I know we have the presence of God in us. I, I totally get that. But the relational aspect of God that he says, hey, there's a people that I can be myself with. Because when we hunger for something, we pull on the things of heaven to become reality in our day. That, you know, it's the Matthew 6 prayer of your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I believe there's something about hunger that, that when we do that and we rely on the things of God, we're not, we, we remain current with God. We remain current with his voice. We're tapped into what he's currently saying, what he's currently doing. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, Evan Roberts, that's right. Evan Roberts started the Welsh Revival. Um, and I believe this, revivals are not meant to stop. 
They're not meant to be a season of a great move of God. They're meant to be from glory to glory, strength to strength, faith to faith, that the glory of the Lord would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And the way that we do that, the way we, we go from glory to glory, strength to strength, is remain in a place of need. God, I need you. God, I, I, I need you. I'm, I delight, you, know, you delight yourself in the Lord and he gives you the desires of your heart. You, it, discipline is a part of that. The word discipline comes from the word disciple, that we would be disciplined in that. But delight, when we delight ourselves in him, we start to remain, the more we eat, the more we want, right? And um, I just want to share a couple of, of my own stories and then I want to read one more, one more verse in Ephesians uh, chapter 3 and then we're going to pray. Um, <clears throat> I remember when I was 21, I was uh, 2000 and I think it was 2008. Uh, so what is that? Yeah, that, that sort of adds up in math-wise. I was 21 and... I, I, I had a revelation of that I'm no longer a sinner, but I'm a saint. And I remember I, I understood it, um, but, I, but I wanted it to go from my head to my heart or my heart to my head. You know, I wanted it both ways, that the renewed mind would take reality and the things that God had deposited would become real. They wouldn't just be a theory. They wouldn't just be good theology. And, and this is my cry this morning, is you can have the best theology in the world, but if it doesn't translate to a manifested presence of God and an outworking of His Spirit, it's just, it, it's irrelevant, really. And so um, <clears throat> I, I, I'm sitting in my lounge room and I'm crying out to God and I said, God, I, I need this to become more than just a theory. I, I've heard it from these people. I've heard it from... Um, you know, these preachers, but I need this to be mine. I need to own it for myself. And, you know, I was, I knew about discipline. I'd, I'd grown up a sportsman. So I knew about like, you know, training at 6am. I knew all those things. And I just began to cry out and I cried out for, you know, day and night for a few weeks. And I just, God, I just, I need this. Show me what this is. And I'd read my word and I wouldn't understand it. I'm reading my word and I still wouldn't understand it. I'm reading my Bible. I'm like, I don't understand this book. And I'm like, God, you need to show me who I am and who you are clearly so that I can get this for myself. And I remember about 12 o'clock one afternoon, no one was home. And I'm, I'm in my living room and I'm just on my knees and this presence of God fills the room and I'm laughing uncontrollably and I'm weeping uncontrollably and I'm just loving, I'm, I'm, I'm just loving the glory of the Lord in this moment. And I very, I don't, I don't, I may have shared this story once or twice publicly, but I very rarely share it. And I went into this encounter with the Lord where his presence, I was, I was saved, I was born again, um, where his presence just overwhelmed me. And I had this five-hour encounter with the Lord. I woke up and it was 5 p.m. And I thought it would have been about 15 to 20 minutes. I was like, wow, that was amazing. Got up and looked at the clock and at 5 p.m. I don't know where people were, but maybe I had the house to myself for a while. And after that moment, there was something in me that I was never the same. I, I, I couldn't go back 
to just normal Christianity or, or just the mundane of Christianity. I was gripped for the more of God and I wanted to see the things that are in this book come alive and be, and be real and be a reality in our life. That I wanted to see the dead raised, the lame walk, the sick healed, the blind see, his presence of God fill a city. That his presence, that people would walk into church, they'd walk into their homes, that marriages would be restored, that people would come to know their identity. And there's been moments where I've, I've wavered in that and I've, I've just plateaued out. Uh, and the, but then there's been this, this insatiable hunger that is a gift. It's a gift from God that comes in a moment like that, that his presence just ruins you for life. It ruins you, that you, you, you can maybe go a day or two days or three days or maybe a week, but then you're like, hey, the food that I'm living off is stale and I know what his food tastes like. It tastes really good and I can't live off stale food anymore. I have to have the real presence of God. I can't have a counterfeit food. I can't have fast food. I can't have junk food. I have to have the authentic and the real food and the presence of God. And I have to have a real good meal with the Lord. And so that moment ruined me. And then no one taught me this, but I started to hunger for, for people to be healed. And I just knew it was God's will for people to be healed. And I just had this thought, well, if this is real, Acts 10.38 says that Jesus of Nazareth went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And so this became something that I, it was a personal conviction of mine that sickness was from the devil and, he, and healing was, was God's will for people. And so I started going out personally uh, on the streets because I was like, well, I made a commitment in my life that I never want to preach on something that I'm not living out in my own personal walk with the Lord. That was just my own personal conviction. And so I thought, well, I want to preach on healing. I better go and start to pray for the sick. So I started to go down to, to Eastland and started to find sick people. You know, that was the way I was like, I'm going to hunger for this because I want to see it manifest in my life. You know, people often say, Liam, I just, I'm praying. I hope there's a revival and I hope these things happen. And I often say, well, it's, it's like you saying, I hope you end up at work on time. You've actually got to eventually take what you've learned and let it out like a river to see it manifest. And uh, sometimes, like Lisa said, that takes risk, that takes stepping out of our comfort zones, stepping out of our boat and actually taking a step of faith and then seeing God uh, back that up. And so I would went out and I've shared this story. The first person I prayed for was a Satanist. The second person I prayed for was a Christian who didn't believe in healing. Um, and then I prayed for hundreds. I prayed for hundreds of people. I, went down, I used to go down to... Um, Marunda Hospital and I'd stand outside Marunda Hospital and people would come in. I'm like, hey, what have you got? Oh, I got a sore back. I fell off a ladder, whatever. I'm like, oh, can I pray for you? They're like, no. And Marunda Hospital kicked us out a couple of times. And uh, I just, I was nervous as I was like shaking. I'd be sweating, you know, and I, but I just, I wanted to see this become a reality. And so I just hung. I reckon I prayed for five, six, seven hundred people. I don't know before. I remember Shen and I were in a conference and um, hold that thought for a sec. Could, could I get some water, one of you? Here you go, Sammy. Here. Thanks, mate. Um, Shen and I were in a conference together, and there's this man, and he's got a broken foot or a, a strained foot, and he had it in a bandage. And um, 
I prayed for him. They, the, the preacher asked us to pray for people at the end of the service and I prayed for him and I felt fire go out of my hand and into this guy's foot. Uh, I probably only ever had that one other time. But I felt fire go through my body into his foot and I felt his bones move on my hand. And I said to this man, you're healed. And he said, yeah, I just felt bones move and my foot is on fire. And he just began to jump up and down on, uh, in the seat. He just began to jump up and down. And he just ran around the, around the stadium, around the auditorium. Thanks, bro. And, um, and he was completely healed. We saw him the next day and uh, he was perfectly normal. His foot was perfectly normal. And, uh, and he was walking around. He, he was still sharing the testimony about what God had happened. And in that moment, I was the first person I ever prayed for that got healed. And then after that, outside of the church, uh, we started to see people get healed. I remember in Eastland, I saw a woman uh, walk off crutches, South African lady, she had a broken leg, she walked off crutches. Uh, seen moles vanish on, on a kid's face. Um, we've seen uh, amazing miracles happen in the streets, in cafes, uh, incredible words of knowledge that, that God's just given us. I remember I had a, a word of knowledge about a mum. I said, hey, do you have a six-year-old daughter? She got freaked out because she's like, are you stalking me? And I was like, no, God just wants to tell you that you're an amazing mum, that you're an incredible mum. It was actually on Mother's Day and she was working at this cafe just in Croydon. Um, I could tell you hundreds and hundreds of stories of not just my own, but other people now that are, are, are just seeing incredible things happen. But my point is, in that moment, I didn't let the circumstances around me dictate my hunger. I, I, I pressed in, I pressed in because I'm like, I want to see this happen. And I let God's presence and his nourishing glory f f fuel me for the more of God. I let his words speak to me that man doesn't just live off, off a current uh, of yesterday's manner, but I let his presence and those encounters with him and my history with God fuel me for the more of God. And then one more story, and we're going to read Ephesians and we're going to close. <clears throat> are we still live or are we interrupted? We're completely off. I was, uh, my wife and I were at Bethel, and this is a long story, I'll try and shorten it, but we had our last ever church service that we went to there, and there'd been a build-up to this, which I won't share. Um, <clears throat> and I'd been pondering this verse, uh, they lay their crowns before the Lord and they worship night and day, day and night, you know, around the throne that was slain. And around the lamb that was slain, around the throne. And I'm like, man, surely we do other stuff in heaven, you know? Like, surely we play golf and we, you know, like we play soccer and, you know, I'm sure I'm, we eat good food and, um, you know, I'm like, surely, surely we, there's other things that we do in heaven, you know? And I, I believe that as well. But... Um, <laughs> We all play soccer in heaven. That's the only sport. We, no, no, I'm just, just kidding. Uh, and I'd been pondering that verse 
and a friend of ours came and prayed. She laid hands on me as we're in, or Jeremy Riddle was leading worship. Worship was awesome. It had been a few hours actually of, of worship. And I'm just sitting on the chair, I'm seated, I'm just like this in this posture. She comes and lays hands on me and prays for me. And I can only describe it as bolts of lightning went through my body. And oh, hmm. it took me 18 months to share this story publicly. And I think I've only ever shared it in one service ever. Because um, it's, it's really personal. It was a real personal moment. And bolts of lightning went through my body and I hit the floor and I'm lying on the floor, you know, almost looking like I'm having an electrocution. And I'm, I can see, I can see in my mind, I can see heaven. And it's so close, it's there, I can touch it. Mm. <clears throat> and one of the uh, ushers comes over to me says is this the lord and i said this is the lord and he's like all right and i was i was i was conscious like smith wigglesworth said i was conscious but i was in this glory this glory realm and in that moment the lord just began to speak to me and he, and he showed me he showed me and i in that moment i was like i don't want to do anything else but be in your presence uh, the, the overwhelming presence of God was so real. It was so tangible. It was, wasn't a goosebump feeling. It wasn't like a nice, warm fuzz. It was the, uh, the fear of the Lord. I was like, oh my goodness, you are so big. You are so beyond my human comprehension right now. The presence of God was overwhelming. And in that moment, I felt like Enoch. I was like, just take me. You know, just take me now. I don't, and, and you know, I love my wife. She's incredible. But I was like, I want this more than I want to be on earth right now. I was like, she'll deal with it in my mind. I'm like, she'll deal with the loss of a husband. I'm gone. Like, I'm out of here, you know. And uh, I just, I, there was such an overwhelming, the love of God, the reality of his presence. And I knew in that moment We've only touched the surface of what is possible in the kingdom. We've only scratched the itch. We've only scratched just the bare, the bare surface. The, the, we've only dipped our foot in the water, so to speak. And there's depths and depths of God that are yet to be touched that are possible. And I don't want to live. Here's my charge. I don't want to live. That was eight years ago. I don't want to live off of that encounter for the rest of my life. It was amazing. It's marked me. It's a marker in my life. It's a monument moment in my life. Like the day of Pentecost, where the outpouring of his spirit happened. When the law came in, 3,000 were killed. But when the spirit of God came in, 3,000 were added to that church daily. And ever since that moment, it's grown. And listen... I don't want to live off, I don't want to say, oh, I want to go back to the days of Acts. No, I don't want to go back to the days of Acts. 
I want to live what God has possibly got for us in the year 2020 because there's depths and glory that we have yet to explore. And he's the same God he was yesterday, today and forever. So if he did what he did back then, he can do even greater things because he adds layer upon layer, line upon line, precept upon precept. And I want what he's got for us because I don't want to live off yesterday's manner. I, li- I want to live off the current word of God. La- that, that encounter eight years ago, that encounter uh, 12 years ago that I had were marker moments in my life that I, I do. I feed off of those sometimes where I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm not in this place of faith or I'm not in this place of like, you know, I've just flatlined for a moment and I'm, I'm living off stale food. And I've done that. I've, I've, I've gone moments where I'm like, oh, I'm just stale. I'm, I'm flat in the Lord. And I, 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 I go back to those and I let those moments fuel me or I read stories or I share testimonies and I let them fuel my heart. But then it has to take us. No, I'm spitting everywhere. It has to take us to a place of what are you saying for me today? What's your current word of the Lord today that I would encounter you today as I did yesterday, that I encounter you tomorrow as I did today, that I continue to go from glory to glory till we're filled with the fullness of God. And I'll read this verse and then we'll close. It says this, For this reason, this is Ephesians 3 verse 14, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant to you be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I could unpack this verse for a whole, a whole sermon but simply this, prayer, because Paul says, I bow my knees before the Father, brings us into a place that we would know, <laughs> we would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowing. How do we know the love of Christ that surpasses knowing? It has to become a reality. It has to become an experience. It has to become a real living relationship not just theology, not just head knowledge. It has to become a reality. When it does that, that we would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that we'd have rooted and grounded in love, we can able to comprehend with all the saints the depth, the length, the height, the power of God is manifested in our life. What's the point? Hunger leads us into a deeper intimacy with God that it becomes a reality for our own personal life, for our corporate life as a church, for our community, that it then gets manifested out, that we will know beyond our human reasoning what is possible in our day. And I want to stir you up with faith and good works this morning, that, that I want to charge you that to not just live off every word, every, uh, to, to live off bread alone, but to live with the current word of God live with what's he saying what's he doing that we would hunger and thirst that we would remain in a place of humility of God I need you today I need you to show me again what it is you're doing what it is you're saying so that I can remain in a place of of uh, 
of, of co-laboring with you, that I'm not living in the past, that I'm living current with you. Amen. Awesome. Well, <clears throat> thanks for uh, tuning in with us. Thanks for watching, if we're live still, which I don't think we are. Um, <laughs> bless you guys. We're going to just do some words of knowledge or pray for the sick or whatever. So we're not live, but we can still do it and people can watch it back. So um, <clears throat> good morning, everyone. I love you guys. I miss you. I can't wait to be back in oh, church amen. together. Amen. I cannot wait for it. Yep. I feel like I feel like we're on the precipice now. Oh, that oh, word. Precipice. precipice. Yes. Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> um, so just as, as Liam was talking, I felt uh, I was asking the Lord about um, anything he wanted to say over us as a church or anyone individually. And I felt a few words for healing. Yeah, awesome. Um, the first thing I... Um, I felt that I heard was that someone is someone who's listening or someone that you know closely who has um, knee pain in their right knee and I heard medial cartilage and I don't I don't know is it medial cartilage it's like the outside I felt yeah, like the, yeah, outside the outside cartilage yeah, on the yeah, right medial knee. lateral ligament something like yeah, that yeah. Um, and that there'd been some damage there and I felt the Lord was was wanting to heal that right now so we just release healing in Jesus name over yes, that knee right Thank now you, that even um, as we're praying right now there's just a heat or a mm. tingling coming over it um, and if mm. that's you um, go ahead and just test it out right now and I believe God is healing that knee uh, yeah. and then we want to hear about it in the comments um, yeah or email awesome, us or, email. or Facebook us yeah, yeah. yeah let it please. or if it's someone that you you know closely and it's coming up to mind if you even just give them a call and be like, hey, um, we're praying for your knee right now in church. Um, how's it feel? Uh, the other thing I heard was uh, I felt like someone um, has someone in their, in their life who's quite close to them who is, uh, what I heard was either it was a brain tumour or, or it was swelling in the brain. And I just felt God um, wanting to release healing over that in, in Jesus' name. So, yeah, we, we just pray in Jesus' name, um, brain, be healed, whatever mm, that is, whatever, whether it's God. a tumour yes, or, or a swelling um, you, from Jesus. a trauma. We just cancel the spirit of trauma over that brain. In Jesus' name, we command healing in that brain right now in Jesus' name. Thank yeah, you'll you, no God. longer have an impact on this life in Jesus' Whoa, name. Thank you, God. Um, and the other thing that I heard was, um, I was sitting there, I heard the name Corel and Corel Kunst. Hey, if I'm saying, um <coughs> What I felt, Carol, was that um, I just saw an image of a wave and I felt like God was saying there's a new wave coming for you. Um, mm. And the, the feeling I got was that you were surfing uh, and that you, you were used to surfing um, waves of a certain size and this wave looked a lot bigger and a bit scarier. Um, and there was a trepidation in you about, oh my gosh, like, am I ready to surf this wave? And I felt God saying, hey, there's an invitation for you to surf this wave. You're going to be okay. If you want to surf this wave, um, it, it's for you and it's going to be okay and I've got you. Um, so not sure exactly what that means. Um, hopefully that is something that, that hits you closely. If it is, let us know. Cause, yeah, let yeah, us let know, me know cause we always If we're wrong, know. we're wrong too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and we take risks. We're, we're a church of risk takers. So. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Benny boy. Did you have anything, mate? Okay. Yeah. You got to cool. start? Uh, I've, I've just got a come okay. up, Come up and have a risk, bro. Come up and take we're a putting risk. Putting it on the spot. You just, just stand there and Sometimes, your family so you can stand yeah. close. Yeah, yeah, we're family. Sometimes we... All right. Let's just check it here. Oof. Yeah. Sorry about the noise, Kimmy. Okay. Um, yeah, I just got the name Claire and I felt like... Yeah, I mean... Just taking a risk here. Um... Claire, that God's saying that it's not over. Um, 
that the breakthrough you were waiting for hasn't stopped because of, I feel like mm. um, you've just come up against a wall and there's something I've been praying for or seeking or desiring. Um, yeah, for a while, like a really long time. I'm not sure if it's a few months or a few years or, um, and I think it has to do with your family. Um, but yeah, that, that breakthrough is coming. And even though there's nothing, nothing you've been able to see, um, in fact, there's been evidence to the contrary, in fact, of the thing you've been hoping for or desiring for. Um, and I'm not sure if it's breakthrough as far as uh, healing or spiritually or even like job or anything like that. But I know it has to do with your family. Um, and God is saying like in, in the darkest hour, that's where my light will shine the brightest. Mm. Um, yeah, and that it is coming for, you, for it, Claire, and that your, your faith and your hope that thread of hope, that, that, little, that little tiny string that's holding you in that place and, and fighting for that, um, contending with it in thought and prayer and, and desire that God's telling you, um, yeah, that it's, that it's coming. Um, yeah, and I don't know if you're part of the church or if you're, you're just listening to this or if, or if someone um, who's a regular member knows a Claire who's, who's going through this stuff, that yeah, we just commend this word to your, to your life right now. Um, that God sees you, he hears, your, he hears your plight and he's been with you through it. Yeah, and he wants, and he's, he's bringing about the change that you desire. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Mm. Awesome, Thanks, Benny. Good Thanks, job, Benny. bro. Awesome, bro. Awesome. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a word for, actually, Ben and Lisa, I have a word for you guys. So I'm going to look at them. I'm not going to look at the camera. Um, I just felt that you guys are coming into a season of great blessing um, and there's going to be things that uh, I feel like the Lord wants to show you how kind and how good he really is and uh, that just I, I'm just uh, reminded of like gifts and surprises that you guys are going to walk into this favour of God where it's like oh I, I thought about that yesterday and now I got it. And it's like, I didn't even verbalize that I want that. And it just, it's just the Lord's kindness of, of, uh, of grace and um, favor. Yeah, really favor in this season of, and I think it's, I, I, when I saw the picture, I saw it as your, in, in material things. I think it's gonna be spiritual things as well, but I actually saw like material blessing, um, which you guys, I know are both just don't care about that stuff, but, um, that it's going to be things that you're like, oh, we needed a couch and we got one. Or oh, I don't know if you need a couch or not, but that's just kind of the thing that I, I saw. So favour on you guys in this season, which so is cool. Um, the other person I saw was Kaz Nyhouse. So I, I just saw Kaz and I, I just see, Kaz, I, I just seen you've been in this season of... of um, almost a quiet place in the Lord. And, and I, just, I've, I just felt the pleasure of God, like he's so well pleased with you um, in how you're stewarding your life and your family and your kids. And um, I just see you as a giant in the faith. You're a giant in the faith. You, you're just this uh, mighty, mighty woman uh, of God and, mm. and you are significant and you have so, so much to not just bring to the body, but bring to the kingdom. Mm. And um, I think I, I want to encourage you in saying that maybe the things that are normal for you are not normal for other people. And that you are like, well, doesn't everyone know this? And it's like, no, actually not everyone knows that. 
um, and it's time that your voice becomes heard in, uh, uh, in, in that way. So um, I'll leave that with you, uh, what that is and, and uh, what that could be. So yeah, bless you Kaz and Glenn and the Nighthouse family, yeah, um, which is awesome. And I, I also just had, um, I just had uh, neck pain, people with neck pain, uh, and anyone that's terminally ill, we just yeah. want to pray for you. Yeah. Um, and so if you have any neck pain, especially on the left side, I, I just felt like people with, um, yeah, uh, who might have problems on their left side of their the sort of upper, upper neck area. So just God, we just ask right now, you would loose their back and loose their neck. Uh, all the muscles would realign into the normality uh, that they're supposed to be. God, and then just be a, a, um, a, a loosening and a, a stiffness would just go in Jesus' name and never return. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yeah, and anyone right now that's watching that may know of or have someone that's terminally ill, yeah, uh, we just rebuke the spirit of sickness right now. We rebuke it and we just say, be gone in Jesus' name. And I just pray healing, the healing power of God right now. Jehovah Rapha, will we just send the word. We send the word right now. And I just pray uh, for every person that watches this back or is watching, um, we, that, that there would be a, a gift of hunger, yeah. a gift of hunger in this season to yeah. hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. That we wouldn't look at someone else's life and compare, but we'd hunger for more. We'd hunger for the more of God that is available yeah. in Jesus' name. Did you have anything else, bro? No, the only thing I wanted to pray for was that I felt God was wanting to release defining moment encounters. Over yes, people thank in our you, church. Lord. Yeah, um, and we're hungry for this mm. now. I'm hungry for this in my own life. Come on. Um, so God, we just we we are hungry, Lord, oh. for your defining moment encounters. We're hungry for your Spirit, Lord. I pray that even this week, God, that you you would pour yourself out upon our church, God, and we would begin hearing stories of encounters mm. that people in this church have had Thanks. with you that have changed their lives, Father. We we pray for the encounters that are going to shift lives, Father. And for the marking moments, God, like Liam was telling about his story, Father, God, that every single one of us wouldn't be living off other people's stories of, of mm. divine encounters, God, but would experience our own with you, Father, God. And Lord, we just release that over our church in Jesus' name. Thank Holy you. Spirit, we yes. invite you over this church you, in Jesus' name. We invite your divine encounters, God, over this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. See you, man. Awesome. Shaka. Thank Shaka you, Monday. Thanks, guys. We love you guys. Bye-bye.